0: How do I see an apple? Can I still see an apple in a dark room? Students have so many misconceptions about light, and in this episode we share a simple but eye-opening activity that will change the way your students understand light. Claire and I also share our virtual pen pal idea that bridges pre-service elementary teachers with a class of fourth grade STEM students. Enjoy. Hey, I'm Claire. And I'm Natasha. From college roommates to co-founders of Vivify STEM, pull up a seat as we discuss our experiences as aerospace engineers, teachers, moms, program directors, curriculum writers, graduate students, and friends. This is the STEM Space Podcast.
1: Natasha, another week of teaching. How's it going?
0: (laughs) Uh, You threw me off. Usually you're like, hey, Natasha, (laughs) I was not prepared for the enthusiasm.
1: (laughs) Well, because I'm super excited about the subject that you've been talking about this week, and I really want to hear how you approached it.
0: Well, let's jump in. So you have been following this journey of mine as I teach an undergrad pre-service class inquiries to physical science and this week is all about light
1: yay <laughs> <laughs> I love light you did sound last time and I was I debating with you because I was uh, trying to tell you that light is better it's more fun and you should do light first because sound can be confusing but you had a great time with sound but I'm now you're I'm grateful that you're on to bigger and better things so <laughs> tell me how did you teach? these teachers about light?
0: Um, We haven't finished yet, only done one class period. So this is the beginning of our journey into light. And I have to say that I was more excited about sound because it just seemed easier to grasp. And we were playing with tuning forks and these like little sound bar things. And you can help them visualize how different shapes create different frequencies. We basically create our own little band. Oh, but we should tell everyone what we're doing to connect our classes. Do you want to share?
1: (laughs) Yes. I didn't know if we were going to wait till the very end of the semester to do that. Oh, no. We should share. Okay. (laughs) I am really excited about this. So I have a daughter who's in fourth grade, and my fourth graders are connecting with your pre-service teachers in an amazing way. And this started because you thought that your students don't really believe that my students can do what we say that they can do, right?
0: Yeah, I was having them do heat shield, the heat shield challenge, which your students have done. And I was asking you, what advice do you have? You know, how we can improve this. And then I had my teachers do it. And I asked them, as a teacher, what advice do you have? How would you change the the lesson? Because they mostly want to be elementary teachers. And overwhelmingly, they said, Well, I would provide a lot more scaffolding. I would tell them exactly what materials to use. I would help them build it. Basically, they were making it a step-by-step design challenge instead of allowing them to choose the materials. They felt that would be too overwhelming for fourth graders. And I was like, oh, no. (laughs) I have realized that what I'm doing in class in my mind was what they should be doing with their students Mm -hmm. and their mind. Oh, you're doing this for us. But then I'm not, I can't do this with my little ones because this is too open-ended. You're not providing a lot of support because I often give them stuff and I'm like, figure it out, drop things, heat things up, make things, make music. You know, I keep it very (laughs) open-ended and I let them explore and play, which if you've been listening to us for a while is how you should teach science and STEM And that's why I was like, Claire, I need help.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. And you're like, your fourth graders have done this. I'm like, no, my first graders did that challenge. (laughs) (laughs) Which the heat shield is where you build something to protect a chocolate bar from melting when you shoot a a hairdryer at it. Uh, So Mm -hmm. you get to experiment with different materials, talk about heat transfer. So much fun and very messy and tasty oh yeah and it's a great challenge but yeah so we you thought of a way to connect my students and your students so that my fourth graders can provide feedback to the lessons that your students are coming up with
0: exactly so,
1: so far all they've done is an introduction through flipgrid which is now flip right flip
0: oh yeah i saw that yeah flip.com i guess i got bought out <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And so we were trying to figure out how to connect each other. And so we decided to use Flip, which was formerly Flipgrid. And my students send little videos. So they're in teams and then your students get to respond and send their own videos. And so our first unit was sound um, when we started this. And so they shared their musical instruments. The change in my students has been amazing. I I started this with a thinking getting to meet fourth graders and have them share their projects. And I know they're doing some really amazing stuff this semester is the goal, but it also just changed their mindset around the topic. And so before I would say heat shield, let's design a heat shield and test it out. And then you kind of just throw it away (laughs) like you just leave the (laughs) class. And that that doesn't mean that much to them. I mean, I'm hoping they're learning the concepts, but now they're sharing their projects with your students. They brought stuff from home. They were making drums and like made one student, actually a couple made these really cool guitars. They got so into it and were really excited to be able to share it with their students. And that's their spark. And that's why I did this from the beginning. I asked them like, what are you really excited about? They're teachers. They want to be teachers. They are so excited about kids, getting kids to learn. So I've kind of flipped the class to where I'm teaching them about science so then they can teach your students. And as you know, the best way to learn is to teach someone. That's when you really know if you <laughs> understand the yeah. stuff, right?
1: Yes. And the motivation there for having a client. And we talk about that with a lot of engineering design challenges, mm-hmm. is throw in the the client aspect. So you're not just building it for yourself. You have an actual customer in mind. So you know, okay, well, I need to pay more attention to this. I need to know how to describe what I'm doing. So I think that is huge. So brilliant way to teach teachers and a great perspective on how maybe we should be talking to even our own children's students Yeah, about, about how they should be doing engineering design challenges to be able to share it with others yeah. so excited to see where this is going
0: just we'll getting started
1: about it Yes. So right now they've just introduced your students have shared their instruments and my fourth graders haven't seen it yet. They'll see it next week. So excited to see about that.
0: Get ready. One did a whole dance routine. Like oh my. Yeah. The personalities came out of these students that I have never seen, you know. So thank you to the fourth graders for pulling that out of them. Their videos were adorable. Several of your students posted and one said I'm just so nervous oh. about talking with teachers. And then like, oh my gosh, like it just broke their hearts. They were like, don't be nervous. They're like commenting oh. all these things, like trying to pump this kid up. And I was like, oh, this is perfect.
1: This is perfect. Oh, I wish every classroom could do this. What a great way to bring like mentors into the classroom uh, in a really neat way.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, well, let's talk about light. That was the yes. whole topic. <laughs> Enlighten me. Haha. <laughs> okay I have a disclaimer here that I would like to start with I have realized from teaching this class and I knew like from teaching space club science is hard to teach and I hope when I share these stories that it doesn't seem just because I have like an engineering background I mean that was like a long time ago (laughs) when we took these classes (laughs) that I could just like waltz into these uh, this class and be like light let me tell you everything no. I spend hours and hours and hours. My whole mm. weekend is prepping for this class. For a 50 minute class, it's probably like five hours, especially in the first day to like, I'm reading about light and I have so many misconceptions on all these topics mm. and things that I, because I just wasn't taught science very well, unfortunately. And in engineering, you go so into the weeds that you miss with the analogy you miss the trees the for trees
1: the, for the forest
0: no the you miss forest the forest for the trees okay that <laughs> so anyway um actually so my husband right I've talked about him a lot a mechanical engineering professor he has started trying to see his students ability to like understand some of these basic topics
1: mm. and
0: he brought a tuning fork in um the other day and he was talking about sound and he realized that they don't actually understand what sound is and it's how it's vibrations and it was related to his content. And that's showing that these engineering students right out of high school, they probably probably an AP physics, advanced science classes, don't understand some basic concepts. And there's just so many misconceptions around them. And the way that I am able to teach is I have mentors. I have a couple other grad students that are helping me with this. I have my husband. Thank you so much. He spends hours with me every weekend, (laughs) like talking out these concepts. And like, he's like, no, you're totally wrong. like Or he's like, that book is wrong. And I'm like, no. (laughs) So I am very thankful to everyone who's helped me like get through this class. Um, So I just wanted to do a disclaimer there. And I appreciate science teachers everywhere Mm -hmm. because I know it's hard to teach. So let's get to light. So Claire was like, it's going to be amazing. You can do so many things with it. And I was like, whatever. (laughs) And when I started with light, one of the basic concepts that my other instructors do is reflection, refraction, right? start. Mm-hmm. restart. Um, and so there's these really cool FET simulations, which are this like online thing where you can shoot a laser and then put a prism through it or white light. And then the prism shows all the different frequencies of light. Cool stuff like that. But I don't think my students really understand what light is and what exactly it means to see things. So I found um, that I figured this out right before class. I was like looking through some online materials and I totally changed my plan for day. Don't <laughs> you love that? Have you done that before? Pretty I much
1: see. every time. Yes.
0: Yeah. yeah. It's scary, but like <laughs> thrilling at the same time.
1: Yes. Right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Adrenaline rush. Yeah. Exactly. Like, let's go. I have everything I planned, throw it out the window. (laughs) New idea. It's um, on NSTA's website. There's a series of books by Paige Keeley, and it's called Uncovering Misconceptions, I believe. We'll show it. We'll link it in the show notes. And she basically walks through some assessments you can do with kids to uncover some wrong ideas that they have. And one of those was with light. And what, and what I did with my students is I started with a very basic activity that everyone usual, usually does. Here's a flashlight, here's a mirror, show me what it does when the flashlight hits the mirror. And they're like, okay, so they like shine the light at the mirror and it bounces and it reflects. And then we talk about how the angle of reflection, um, the angle of incidence is the same as the angle of reflection, right? Mm-hmm. And they're like, yeah, yeah, we know this. And I was like, great, okay, put it away. I'm going to put a list of items on the board and I told them, okay, we have a mirror, we have water, we have the moon, we have paper, we have felt. So all these different items, which of these reflect light. Okay. And they're like, Oh, and so I'm like, talk it out in groups. Thank you, Claire. <laughs> her hand, And they had these debates. Okay. And they're like, well, water reflects light because when I'm on the boat, I see the water glistening off the, uh, the light glistening off the water or, oh, paper for sure does not reflect light. Like that's weird. And, but someone else is like the moon, if like the sun reflects the light, you know, or the sun's rays hit the moon and that's why we can see the moon. So, right. They're basing all of their thinking on their experiences is, which is, what we know, how science works, right? Kids are bringing in these experiences and it was happening in front of me in the classroom. And then I stop everyone. I was like, okay, hey, let's take a vote. How many of you say that light reflects off water? And they're all like, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, how many of you say light reflects off cardboard? Nobody took that. I was like, okay, what about a tumbler? And so have you heard of the Stanley cup? Like the- oh, yeah oh everybody, everybody. Stanley cup. it's like 60 dollars. i'm like how do you it? <laughs> anyway i was like how light reflect off stanley cup and they're like well it depends is it on the metal part or is it on like the non-metal shiny part and i was like you pick <laughs> okay so you see where i'm going with this oh yeah and so they're and i'm and so i end there and i was like great and someone was like are you going to tell us the answer? I was like, absolutely (laughs) not. I will not tell you the answer. You are going to prove it to me. So find all the materials you can. So they were able to find paper. They were using their t-shirts. They had the Stanley cup, right? They had all this stuff with them. A lot of it that I had asked. And I was like, come up with an experiment to tell me if light reflects off these objects one by one. They're testing them out and they're doing it by, we turned off all the lights and they would take an object to like the a, a whiteboard or a wall and they would shine the flashlight on it and see if it reflected light. What do you think happened, Claire?
1: Well, it's interesting that I can see all those things. So. <laughs> hmm.
0: <laughs> and this is where you get to the idea of we memorize how we can see things and that light is the source of our seeing doesn't connect to them, Right. And I had one team that figured it out right away. They were like, wait a minute. Come (laughs) here, come here. And I was like, and they're like, oh, this was everything. This is why we can see. And I was like, Mm. Yeah. <laughs> and one light, light it was like a wave a light bulb. Exactly. <laughs> it went through the classroom, right? Oh, and there wow. was one team that was like, but for sure my black shirt cannot reflect light. I was like, ooh, interesting. interesting. Yeah. And so that was the next prompt. I was like, find something that does not reflect light. And we actually were not able to find anything. So we tried her black shirt, still reflected light. Everything was reflecting light. And so then we got to this idea of like, what is happening? How do we see? And then it was just like so obvious to them I then. Like, love it. Oh, and so I like had a ball and I was like, this is light and I bounce it and it's hitting everything. <laughs> and that's how you can see, right? Get it real basic. And then I would like, I turned off of the lights and I had a projector and I was like, why can we see this ball? And they're like, oh, because the light from the projector is hitting it and then we can see it. And I was like, what happens if I take this ball into the closet and I turn off every single light source? Oh, well, you couldn't see it. Yeah. And that is a misconception that's really hard for little kids. They think that the source of seeing is the object itself, that it's somehow emitting something that we can see. They don't connect the fact that you need the sun or you need a light bulb or you need fire to be able to see it. And that was the perfect activity to like prove it to them, like they could not find mm. something that doesn't reflect light. So what do you think? Brilliant.
1: Thought? That is a great exercise. I love that so much. And just the way that you can see it click, it click in every student. That's amazing.
0: And that I had them hooked. And when I started that class, they were so stressed out because we had a homework due that night. They had all this stuff for other uh, classes and everybody had their laptop up like on the table. And I was like, oh no, (laughs) this is going to be a terrible class. They're so stressed. And so I told them, I was like, give me 20 minutes. I was like, let's just get through this lesson. And then I'll give you time to work on your homework, turn off your laptops, put everything away and just focus. And we turned off the lights. Right. And they were so engaged. Like I've never seen them so invested (laughs) in what just happened because they went from being totally wrong but confident, mm-hmm. they were so confident <laughs> in their answers to like, "Oh, I'm an idiot!" Like, what? No, I'm not. It's just mm-hmm. how you were like putting the information of science in your brain, but not really applying it to your life, you know. And so then from there, the questions wouldn't end because <laughs> we started talking about colors, and I was like, "Well, if you, to see something green, it's reflecting the green light," and they're like, "What?" is that why you wear like light colors in the summer? And I'm like, exactly. But what about colorblind people? And so I had a, I was ready for that. I had like a diagram of what you can see as someone who's colorblind and how you don't see all the different frequencies. And then they're like, but is color even real? Like is everything colorless? And I'm (laughs) like- In the matrix? Right? They were so like beyond like what is happening. And I'm like, (laughs) wow, color is like how your brain- perceives the frequencies of the light and they're like what <laughs> yeah so if like we could so what i'm thinking to do wednesday is take them to another wavelength right so if we get to like infrared
1: oh, I it's about to say oh, yeah you throw uv at them or something <laughs> yep
0: exactly oh yeah we're going there it's like but it's so fun because this activity so i'm so thankful for that assessment that she provided because it was the perfect hook And now they're like, I need more. I need more information. What is happening? (laughs) I thought I understood this and now I don't. So I highly recommend teachers try that. Apparently of all ages, (laughs) it'll work.
1: Try this with your spouse. See if they know.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Someone who doesn't teach science, they're going to be like, oh.
1: (laughs) Yes. Yes.
0: And it's so easy to do. Like you just need a flashlight in a dark room. That's it.
1: Exactly. Well, that's perfect. And that shows how important it is to let students discover and explore before you just start telling them how to apply Mm -hmm. and i think that's that's key and that's not easy to do for every science concept so there's so many that are so abstract but breaking it down to the basics is so important and that's why i try to start every lesson that i do in engineering with tell me what you know about this and Pretty much 99% of the time, there's going to be a misconception in there somewhere. Some kid says something that I'm like, hmm, okay. So then I know where to go with it, you know, like, let's go back to this because y'all need this as a basic foundation in order to be able to build upon it and apply what we're trying to do. Otherwise, you're going to end up being an engineering student and not understand (laughs) uh, what to do with this information.
0: And I highly recommend, I'm going to look up this title, this book, because she provides all the research of the misconceptions on these topics, because they're pretty universal, um, a lot of the misconceptions that people have. And so, okay, it's called uncoveringstudentideas.org. There's a whole website. And so it's for every kind of subject in science, from sound to light to whatever you're teaching, chemistry. And so you could start there and it gives you a list. And it's like, Here's the misconceptions your students are probably going to have. And here's a list of strategies to help them identify them. So one, you have to uncover. That's the whole purpose. Mm -hmm. Get them to see what they're thinking before you can change it. Because if you're just giving them information and they're just writing it down, they're really not making sense of it.
1: Yeah, you're right. They're not really going to let go of what they, you know, you have to unlearn. They have to unlearn first. (laughs)
0: Before and they, they need the it. evidence to unlearn it. They're not going to just be like, okay, sure. I'll forget everything <laughs> I thought for my whole life about light. <laughs> right.
1: Yes. Okay. That's incredible. Well, we'll link that in the show notes. I cannot wait to hear more about your students and what they uncover the rest of this lesson in light. <laughs> I think we're going to have to have another podcast covering light because we have so much that we can really talk about.
0: Oh, Thank I know, you've so that. many activities. You were like, you should do this, you should do this. So, yeah. I need to know all the stuff that you plan so or you've done with your students
1: to be continued. <laughs> but for now, STEM Space out. Did you know that we have a free resource library? It has a growing number of lesson plans, activity ideas, and videos to help you teach STEM. To gain access to this free resource library, all you have to do is subscribe to our free newsletter by going to vivifystem.com backslash subscribe.